Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. We made it. We did. It's Friday. It's Friday. (laughs) It really does feel like the start of a new school term, doesn't it? Literally and figuratively. (laughs) Actually is a new school term. That's why it feels like it. But no, I think September does always feel like a fresh start rather than January for sure. Um, And the kids are back. I've got two kids in school. Oh my God, how was it? I'm so happy. How was that whole transition for you? Because you had some... Did you have some stay and play sessions as well? Oh, or some settling really in sessions? Annoying. Yeah, I mean, sorry to anyone who actually <laughs> enjoys these stay and play sessions or likes the little um, what do you, settle sessions as they call them. But for second time round, I think they, yeah. they just feel annoying because they're used to going, like Gigi goes to pick Axel up from school every day. She knows mm. the school. There's 25 siblings in her year. Yeah. Like wow. she knows everyone pretty much. Um, and so actually not staying for lunch not going in on one day like sort of doing these weird hours she just got confused um mm. so I'm actually really looking forward to next week where it's like proper just yep get in there I mean I've got no idea how she's been behaving like <laughs> well, know, Georgia no she's idea. an angel for everyone else remember we know that I'll never forget that day that you brought her into the shoot we were shooting in central London and and George brought Gigi with her and she'd been like moaning on whatsapp going oh Gigi's playing up she's been an absolute nightmare she turned up and she mm. was like she had a halo above her head and yeah. she slept on me no that's no. what she does that's yeah. what she does it's one of those she's yeah she's clever I know anyway we don't need to talk about the psycho child that I have <laughs> that just seems to be able to just switch on the good behavior and oh, mate, switch it off for listen, me but, listen listen no. listen do you know what I, I feel exactly the same way about Kit because he he we're having like major behavioral issues with Kit at the moment I don't think mm. I've shared too much about this but I feel like nobody needed to get back into school more than Kit like mm. he lost it and I don't know whether it was the lack of routine or just the kind of I don't know like we were obviously doing loads and I think he was probably quite knackered but there just wasn't that much structure to his day so he was doing yeah. football camp in the morning then he was coming back it to be fair he was having a bit of telly because I was working but we had these major and he was like I'm 100 red and then he'd be like trying to kick and scratch and punch and you know quite a quite sort of aggressive towards Luna so nobody was happier than me skipping <laughs> off through the playground as I got him back in. And I basically said to his new teacher, I was like, good luck. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> good so, luck. but you know what though? Like, I think 
some kids just really need structure. Yeah. Like yeah. Axel loves it. He loves the rules. He loves like, you know, he's telling Gigi the, the routine when you go into the lunch yeah. hall. He like loves all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But anyway, today we're actually going to be talking about stuff we can do at home, <laughs> which feels a bit daunting, doesn't it? Sometimes the amount of homework or like extracurricular stuff that you feel like you should be doing but no one really talks about how much they do at home with their kids I mean apart from us well yeah you and I had a few conversations didn't we this summer going have you done any reading with them yet and we were like Mm. no have you done any writing no I mean we didn't do that much stuff I mean I'll be honest it only happened in the last couple of weeks in our household but I think there is quite a lot of pressure especially as they start climbing up through the years like Axel's in year three now I can't get my head around that Um, so what we wanted to do is bring you guys a QA. and a to delve a bit deeper into what we can do to support our kids outside of the school day. Uh, so today's podcast is in association with Explore Learning. They are an amazing tutor service. Uh, we're going to be speaking to somebody. Her name is Carrie Ann. Uh, she's a founding member of Explore Learning, and she spent over 20 years working in this kind of supplementary education field. So she knows her stuff. She really does. So should we should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. So we've got Carrie-Anne with us. Carrie-Anne, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, good. Do you know what? We've been literally inundated with questions. Um, and I think there is a real... It's almost like a, a taboo that you don't talk with other parents about what, you know, what you're doing at home with your kids or what you're not doing at home with your kids. Um, so, yeah, we just wanted to open up this conversation, really. And... I guess I'm pick it all. <laughs> I know. It's one of those things, isn't it? Do you admit to having extra help that's, yes. got, your, that's got your child sort of uh, performing really well this year? Or um, yeah, or do you keep it secret? <laughs> we hope that you'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, do you know what? Like with all of the stuff that we talk about on Made by Mummers, I think knowledge is power. And if we're all just honest about what, how much we do or how little we do or, you know, whatever, and we're all really transparent, then yeah, then this, I, well, I hope it will help and I would rather just be honest and open with what what I'm doing or the lack of what I'm doing. Shall we just get into the questions? Um, Because I'm sure there's going to be loads of different themes that come up. So Kerri-Anne, I'd love to sort of start off with a few comments that have been sent in by our listeners um, and you can just give us your thoughts on them. One hour a day after lunch with my four-year-old practicing writing and massive improvement scene. Um, I get a tutor for the summer holidays once a week. It works out about £100 and it takes the pressure off me. Uh, I love this one as well. I personally believe that home time is for time away from learning, especially primary age. And then from a teacher as well read 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 to them I love this (laughs) I feel like it's written for me now it's so so positive to hear this um because as somebody that's worked in education I too um seek tuition for my kids and my youngest daughter who's um 13 also saw an English tutor with Explore Learning this year this summer um it's so true that just a couple of hours a week with someone else that's not you outside of your home environment and can have really positive results in the holidays when everything else should be more relaxed and a little bit of fun Um, and I think it does take the pressure off and it does mean that home can be your family time your family space and learning can happen with someone else yeah do you know what because I I think it's a really hard sort of 
balance to get. Like I think, oh my gosh, Axel was exhausted after school or exhausted at the end of term. And so the last thing on my mind is doing like extra work throughout the holidays. And I'll be completely honest, like this holidays, we really haven't done anything at all. Um, just because I felt like he needed to kind of reset and, you know, just just get back, you know, just relax and have fun. Mm-hmm. But I'd not thought of even just doing an hour a week with a tutor, probably online, but it would just, it would take away the guilt from me, but also I guess it would just keep things ticking over. I think, I actually feel like that's a really good idea. Mm. It's such a lovely light touch way of supporting somebody. And I think that's, that's really what Explore Learning is all about, is finding um, a really gentle way of supporting children in the most positive way that we can. Well, alongside school, school is their main source of education. And tuition is really just a chance to hone in on those kind of things that maybe they just need a little bit more time on or or they're really excelling in and they love and they just want a little bit more time to build that joy, that spark that comes from learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's another one here. Age five, my child is going into year one. What should I be doing at home? So going into year one is actually quite a big transition um, mm. from reception. There's, there's quite a lot of change that happens in the curriculum. The children are moving towards more formal maths and English instruction. There's a little less free choice and in reception early years that the children are much more used to being able to choose their activity, go from table to table, have free time outside. So the adjustment is spending a bit more time mm-hmm. sitting and listening. And the teachers will have been preparing the children for this. So don't worry, it's not going to be completely new to them. But the summer for a child going into year one is a long time. Six weeks is a long time. Mm-hmm. And maybe if they haven't had to do much sitting and listening, maybe getting them to sort of do a little bit of sitting and listening to a story or starting with uh, some activity books or just a gentle reintroduction of that practice of maybe sitting at a table on a chair and sort of um, holding a pen and doing some of those things again will help with that Mm. getting back into the classroom. Mm. So I don't know if you found this and maybe like the difference, this is actually just gender specific in my case, and you might have had this there as well, but Gigi is young and she will happily sit and do coloring at the table or you know if we're at a restaurant she'd happily just sit and kind of doodle and do stickers and Axel even you know even now really he doesn't he's not that interested so how do you get like a child who doesn't really like sitting down and doodling and coloring to do to how do you encourage them to sit down yeah I think there's um it's finding the right time of day for them I think especially if they're an energetic child it's really great if they've had some run around time and and got got rid of lots of that excess energy before you're asking them to to sit down and concentrate and maybe making it mm. a time in the day where you're all doing something a bit quieter so that there's not other siblings or distractions where you're thinking yeah but I don't want to sit down and do this I want to go and join what everybody else is doing and it doesn't Mm. need to be long either start it off short start it with kind of 15 minutes and we're just going to all sit together and we're going to read or we're or we're going to just look at some numbers together and it's going to be really short but you know you can build up from that. Do you know it was really interesting actually Carrie-Anne because I um my my son is going from reception into year one and I think it was only up until maybe a couple of weeks ago that I thought, right, we actually do need to sit down and start practicing his reading. 
Um, he turned five in April, so he's relatively young for his year. And it was amazing how much um, kind of, I guess, concentration he'd lost. I was quite shocked by it. I was sitting there thinking, Jesus, like how, and, and also with the letters and getting his D's and B's mixed up again. And I felt like we'd gone back to maybe six months ago. It was a lot that had been lost in that first month of the holidays. So I have been quite religious the last two weeks, sort of forcing us, but in a fun way, <laughs> um, to sit down and read together. And I think it has helped him massively even just in this short space so if you're listening to this and you've only got a week left you know or a few days left even the next sort of three or four nights you could do it it will help them reading is so so uh, it's the main thing that teachers will always tell you just read with your child and it doesn't have to be them they don't have to do the reading all the time um as long as you're sort of passionate and engaged with them and you can read together I think having it as part of your daily routine is if you don't do anything else and and you don't always need to, especially at this age with um, early years and reception Mm. and year one, year two, just reading is brilliant and it opens up doors to our kids in so many different areas of life. Okay, Carrie-Anne, learning to write their name before school, what are your thoughts? My little one is age three. I mean, every child is developing differently. So when we're thinking about the fine motor skills that you need for writing, it's really about looking what your child's already comfortable doing. So if they're they're mark making, by that I mean picking up something and making lines or drawing circles, if if they're colouring and they enjoy doing that. And if they're already recognising letters when you're out and about, or they like to point to letters, maybe they already know their first letter of their name. These are the kind of steps that I'd be expecting to see before you would be getting your child to sit down and write. So if you are, and they are doing that, just checking that they've got a good pencil grip. And by that, I mean that they're not just kind of grabbing it as... Um, I'm trying to think how I can describe this. Like the claw. Showing you on like the claw. <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a claw, yeah. Because <laughs> um, you want what they call froggy fingers where they're sort of able to to pincer. Um, a bit like if you were holding a chopstick, actually, is, what, is the kind of grip that you want to look for. So, And that they sit in comfortably and, um, and that they're excited to do it. That's the main thing. Okay. Um, yeah. It doesn't need to be forced. Is it safe to say that? If you haven't done any of that, that's absolutely okay too. If they're starting school in September and they don't know how to write their name or hold a pen, that's fine as well, yeah, right? Because I don't absolutely. want people to go into panic because I remember being no, in the no, same no. position and thinking Kit doesn't even – in fact, for the first three months, he kept calling himself Ace. And every time he sat down <laughs> to write his name, he was writing Ace. And his teacher was like, is that a nickname? I was like, I'd literally never heard it before ever. I love it. I want to know where Ace comes from now. <laughs> I, I love it. It's probably – if you think it's like the first letter of the alphabet, he's probably like, oh, do you know what? That's an easy one. I'll go with Ace. But it's easy as well. <laughs> I mean, Gigi can't write Gigi, but she can write one, two, three. So there's every chance – that go. she's going to go to school and just like one, two, three one, two, on the three, front three, of all books. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there. Kids are taught, you know, teachers are there to educate and to teach the children and get them set up with how to write. So yep. absolutely parents don't need to feel like they need to jump through hurdles to do this. It's just that extent, extending and supporting their learning if, if, there's, if they're showing interest and desire is a great thing that we can build into our everyday if it works for them but every child is is different I feel like I could have written this question how to fit in homework when kids go to after school club till six I really feel like this is my I I guess big biggest bugbear with homework is that 
you're encouraged to do extracurricular stuff, you know, sport, Mm -hmm. you want them to do sport, you want them to learn how to swim, you want them to, you know, also we're working, so we don't pick up at 10 past three and then have till they go to bed. So when the kids are getting home at like six o'clock or whatever from school, after school clubs or doing extracurricular, they've got to have dinner and you also want them to go to bed at a reasonable time so they have enough sleep. When when do you do homework? Yeah, I agree. It's really tough. It's, it's tough on the kids and it's tough on you as a parent to try and balance all of your hours. Um, I think it is worth speaking to the school about it. Actually, at the primary school mm. where my children attended, they actually introduced a homework club as part of that after school setting. And it was the expectation that it would be offered to the children that they would be able to spend some of their time doing the homework that was set uh, okay. by the teacher's um, whether that's reading or spelling practice. Um, obviously, every environment after school environment is different, but we're, especially if it's in the school setting, I really recommend having a conversation about that because after six o'clock is too late for primary school children yeah. to do mm. homework. It depends on your morning routine, whether you actually would have any spare time in the morning. I think the weekend is really your only time. Yeah. And then you've got to really communicate to the school what you think is realistic for your child. and yourselves as a family over the weekend. If you can figure out what's achievable, maybe it's 15 minutes before bed, having a, you know, being able to read a little bit, or maybe it's an hour at the weekends, but I would raise that with your teacher in class and tell them, this is kind of our our family situation. Are you happy working with us on this? Uh, And I Mm. think that's reasonable and you won't at all be the the only parent in that situation. Mm. We'll be right back after this short break. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? So, it's a question for you, a, um, a personal question for, for, for Luna. So, she's now reading chapter books, right? So, she's like mm-hmm. fully gone away from the kind of books that you get in, you know, tucked in the school bag. Do I still, I, I really enjoy reading with her and sitting with her, but is that essential? Or can I say to her, you know what, just crack on and read a chapter of your chapter book and I'll write that in your book? Or do you recommend parents still sitting with their kids and kind of maybe helping them out with the trickier words? Or I think it's still not nice to have a bit of time yeah. I miss it I actually really miss yeah. it now we're like when it's gone and they don't want you anymore <laughs> and you're like you're you're banned from yeah. the bedroom and then you're like oh oh I actually miss a bit of that mm. um and you never know when that last time is gonna be yeah like I know that I'm like that sounds really weird but you just don't like you just think oh yeah we'll keep I'll just keep popping in and we'll yeah. read a bit of Harry Potter together and um, I think 
the thing is, yeah, it doesn't have to be all the time because she's an independent free reader. But I think if you can still have a regular check-in and you do a little bit together um, and maybe you take it in turns because then it seems less like you're just listening, um, but you're reading it together that's what we did when they were a bit older well she goes mummy you're asleep and I go I'm not oh, she goes why have you got your eyes closed and I'm like <laughs> no I'm listening. Listening. I'm listening I am definitely with you on that <laughs> the number of times I've been nudged like you didn't hear any of my story <laughs> <laughs> um okay I'm worried re my seven-year-old's progress at school reading writing particularly hard thinking of a tutor is it a bit young to start the school haven't addressed for uh, dyslexia yet we at Explorer, we tutor children from the time they start school. So, so no, I don't think this is too early to consider tuition. Um, but I just want to say, like, tutoring looks really different for younger children than what we might imagine. It's, I, I like to think of it as giving them the focused attention that teachers would love to provide if they had smaller class sizes. Mm. Because the reality is, you know, we all want to our children to get the best out of their schooling yeah. and the, they, we want them to really understand what they've been learning but they might need to spend an extra 15 minutes on their handwriting or and having a tutor to guide them on that mm. is going to make all the difference it's going to make them more effective at school so for me like tutoring is an amazing resource that we should have as part of our toolkit as parents and Mm. and to see it as a tool that we can use when we need it to best complement that school experience. So it's topping up a child's knowledge, it's building their confidence so that they can get even more out of their day at school. Mm. Mm. I also think like with tutoring, we tried Explore Learning like with Axel a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. and um, I thought it was really good that he could be on the laptop and say, for instance, like when you're time poor and like I'm cooking dinner or something, he could be fitting that half an hour yes. in then when mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to give him any time. Something else is going on anyway. It like, I don't know. I just quite liked that you can, you could do it like that. You don't actually yeah. have to physically go anywhere and take more time out of your day. It's just, it could kind of fit around. I don't know. Yeah. I think if we were going to do it, that would be the way that it would fit in yeah um, I agree with you yeah to our days and actually it's interesting George that you said that because I think Luna would also love to sit there you know doing it Mm. on the zoom or on laptop whatever Mm -hmm. whatever it looked like whilst I was cooking her in the kitchen whereas Kit I'd probably have to try and chain chain down to the chair Like, is it football related? No. no. Okay, I'm not interested. Not interested. I'm not interested. Actually, do you know what? This next question, how to motivate a seven-year-old to do a short amount of extra reading and writing? He is clever, but it's a nightmare to get him to do anything. It's sad because I love books. Oh, yeah. No, and that makes me feel sad too. I think oh, it's not an easy one. Having a routine definitely helps. And and being consistent and starting it and saying, right, every day we're going to do this small bit of reading together. Um, We're not going to have screens, not going to have tablets. It's just a small Mm. bit of time. And maybe we make it something really special for the two of us to do together. We get a reading corner. Maybe we make it in the bedroom or in another part of the house. We can have blankets and pillows and lights or you know things that interest your child on the topics that they like and um we were talking about this Gia, at the beginning whether it? it doesn't have to be um a book that yeah. your child is reading yeah. um because i think you said that 
What's your so about? Right now? I was going to say about two years ago, Axel went into football, and I um, got him a Match of the Day magazine subscription. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it comes every fortnight, and he reads it cover to cover. Absolutely loves it. He'll read football quiz books. He'll read, you know, football related books, joke books, like anything yes. like that. Just yeah. he's just not yeah. really into like a stories. Story. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a story. And sometimes we get fixated on that, don't we? Mm. Or, or we feel because that's the material that sometimes they're getting from school. But yeah. No, lots of kids love fact books or or mm. um like um I think my my girls were quite young when they wanted to read um a Guinness World Book of Records. Yes. It, you're not really you, you're reading. There's lots of pictures and lots of stats and data, but that's interesting and brilliant learning for them. So different books like that to incorporate into mm. your routine, I think are great. Um, and the library is a great source if you want different inspiration. And the same with writing. I think if that's also part of the routine, I think just having um, whiteboards is my biggest recommendation on that. Yeah, that was we've the got one actually. For, yeah. for my kids. Yeah. I yeah. the teacher. It's like, oh, yes. we could write on a whiteboard. <laughs> Also, um, I think Kit's teacher recommended, because we were having the same issue as that, trying to get him to sit down and read, but Kit's teacher recommended playing a game to get them into the reading. So, for example, mm-hmm. every night for a while, for a couple of months, we were throwing a beanbag. We just got it on Amazon into three different colored rings, and there were three books next to each, you know, oh, one book against each, each ring. And then we just chucked the beanbag, whichever one it, it landed in or near to, that's the book we read that night. And he really responded well to a game getting him into the reading. Of course, yeah. it was like fun and games. At one point, he was like launching the beanbag across the room and stuff. And I was like, this isn't the game. Um, it, it did encourage him to do it. So that's also that's also an idea. And actually, someone on Instagram said about the whole writing thing, Axel despises writing. Um, but I think I might try it. They said that over the holidays, they've taken loads of photos and then they've put the photos out and then got their child to write down like things that they did in Great the holidays idea. based on the photos. And I was yeah. like, oh, actually, that's that's quite nice. That's like yeah. a different way of doing things. So many children go back to school. I'm sure you've experienced this too. What did you do over the summer? You know, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no, yeah. can't remember. Uh, Xbox or, or uh, you know, something you really don't want them to say. So if you really want them to highlight the, the lovely things that you did with them over the summer, definitely the recommend that. The day before they go back, right, so where did we go? We went to the zoo. We did this. <laughs> Any holidays? No, no didn't go away didn't either. Anything, yeah. uh, George, you'll relate to this. My daughter is an August baby, so the youngest in her class. Should I be doing anything extra? I feel a little worried. I think, um, again, it's really down to the individual child because they all children are developing at different rates and some August babies are more than ready to get on with everything with the rest of their peer group. Um I think it's just really about making sure that they're they're happy and they're confident for going into school. Um, I think it's the confidence that can often be knocked if they feel that children are a bit, and they, they are, they're physically bigger, they're physically stronger. There's There will be naturally some things that they're capable of doing first than a younger child will. And so I think just having being able to be as open as possible with is anything worrying them. But I think if not then we don't want to put those concerns into their mind either. You know, if yeah. they're more than happy and ready and raring to go, then then brilliant. They will they 
they will um, often catch up with their peers within that first year mm. and and very soon you won't notice the difference it's mm. really it's good surprising advice. how quickly mm. it goes sometimes yeah I was gonna say Axel's August mid-August mid-August and I think when I first went along to like one of those stay and play sessions and there were kids like counting to 100 he I think he was actually still three at this point because it was like a stay and play before you know like before the start of term mm-hmm. and um they were counted to 100 one kid was sitting in the corner reading Axel a book and I was like <laughs> oh my god like he doesn't know any of this and then now he's going into year three and there is no difference like at all like mm. no difference at all mm. and even like physical differences they're not really there anymore either no um it's yeah, and I, everyone kept saying that, oh, you know, oh, it will level out, it will level out. And yeah, you're so right. It does, it happens so quick. And now you don't realise the summer babies to the wind, like the wind, you just don't, you can't, no. you can't tell the difference. No. This is interesting. I feel like my four-year-old is behind her peers. Schools say don't worry, but how do I know when to do extra? You are the expert on your child and um, and whether they are really having their ind- individual needs met, I think sort of mentioned it before tutoring is a little less about doing more rather than helping them get more out of school so if you feel like some doing a little bit of extra is going to help her succeed even more during that school day um, then I think that's that's something for you to to look at I think most parents that I meet are concerned that their child's not really able to flourish and um, you know maybe yeah. that they maybe aren't feeling confident in maths or maybe they're getting bored and they're playing up in class or they're getting easily distracted and they struggle to remember what's been taught during that day. You know, all of those things can help hit a child's confidence really. And so I think tutoring can help them with just learning how to ask for help. It can help them revise topics that they've done previously. It can help them go into class with a another level of confidence thinking that I did that yesterday I know what that is about now Mm. and and I think so it's really not about their age it's really about your gut instinct I think as a parent as what do I what do I need to give to them to help them be their best selves so my my big girl Isla my stepdaughter who's going into year six she's just had her first tutoring session and it was amazing to watch her you know she's super bright girl but there was a, a missing link between her being in the classroom and being taught to then coming home and trying to get her homework done you know concentration wise but also I think just the way she was learning it maybe wasn't quite connecting the dots and it was incredible after one tutoring session how confident she felt in herself she was like I actually know how to do that I know you know x and y equals z and you know all of that sort of like you said that's those building blocks inside suddenly we started to see her flourishing even after one session it was Mm. fantastic to see so I think if you are thinking yeah do they need a little bit of extra help and it may be a confidence thing I would highly recommend it I mean I'm I'm, I'm like and and for her to see her being like yes I've got this it was great yeah Yeah. because sometimes it is like like if there's 30 kids in a class or whatever and you don't you know you don't necessarily understand something like a child doesn't like it does take quite a lot to put your hand hand up up and be like oh sorry could you stop and also like they might have a little bit of like fear around doing it or they might be a bit scared of what the teacher might say if they're slowing down the lesson like there's so many factors um that yeah sometimes just having like a bit of one-to-one time just to 
answer the questions that you're unsure of or yeah just feel confident enough to yeah to ask yeah I think it can be really helpful yeah agreed so let's just finish up with this uh send child how do I help them this is an interesting one because I think that every child is completely unique so if you've been identified as having a special educational need there's still not really any blanket advice to give you because your child will be as different to another child with the same need. For me, it's all about working with the individual child and their family and helping them to understand us, to understand what their needs are and whether our tools and our tutors are the right fit for them. Um, The kind of things that have worked for for SEN children, as an example, um, with Explore, it gives them an environment where they can learn differently. And whether Mm. they do that at home, online, or whether they come into a learning centre, um, I think using computers, having headphones, um, having a smaller ratio, being an environment where there's absolutely no stigma about what you're learning because nobody else knows what level you're on um, is really powerful. And I think um, we can also support with things like colored screens or audio instructions, or making things as accessible as possible. But for me, I love the fact that we just remove stigma and everybody is working on their own individual program to their unique need, you know, then yeah. their unique knowledge and talents, and they move at a pace that is appropriate for them. Um, so they see success, but they see success mm. in their against their own learning rather than always being compared to success against their peers. And I think it's that environment that can really help them feel more confident in their own abilities it's great I love the whole ethos behind the confidence and you know that extra support and and like you said sometimes there's that you feel as a child that there's that judgment there from your peers you know what level are they on are they behind all that kind of stuff so you just say stay silent as somebody who suffered with dyslexia for years and years and years before it was identified I was just sitting at the back of the class just mucking around because Mm. nobody understood or gave me the time or I didn't understand you know there was that that real lack of understanding and almost a stigma around it we've come so far since then so yeah what, what a wonderful conversation to have, yeah. Kerry ann Thank you so much Thank for coming you. on. I'm inspired. Yeah. Me too. I really enjoyed that. And I love the fact that it doesn't have to, you know, doing this extra work doesn't actually have to feel like an extra thing just to yeah. add to the list with the kids. And actually it all feels quite manageable. And even fit into part of your day, like you said. Yeah. Mm, While you're exactly. doing the cooking, we can be even more efficient. <laughs> Or exactly. pouring yourself a glass of wine. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here yeah. and pretend that I do any cooking in the evening. Um, Carrie Ann, where can people find you? Explorelearning.co.uk. And um, you can pop along to our centres as well if you happen to live near one. We have 95 throughout the country. But wow. I think um, head online, you can book a free trial and meet any of our tutors who can just guide you through how tuition with us would work. Amazing. Well, thank Carrie you, Anne, so, thank you much. so much. Thanks. Thanks thank for you. coming on. Do you know what? I'm really glad we had that conversation. And I do actually feel motivated because like we we said at the top of the podcast, Axel is going into year three. Things get a bit more serious. It's the juniors. And in the past, I have literally just not done any homework with him because I just felt like it was more important to be doing sport and to be doing swimming and to be doing other stuff. But now I feel like we need to find 
a little bit of time not probably not every day but a little bit of time here and there to do like these extra bits and pieces yeah totally so, totally yeah, I kind of needed that <laughs> and and also if 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 that podcast brought up some things for you listening as in mm. we don't want to panic you no. none of this is is we're, we're, we're here to help you guys like Georgia and I feel panicked at various points throughout the year when we feel we haven't maybe done as much as someone else or you hear stories at the school gate of like all the extra work that people have been doing their kids have been doing over the summer it's like most of it's bs anyway um so you know it's it's i guess it's just the little things that you can kind of implement but definitely drop us a message if you need any help with any of that and of course carrie ann is there and also explore learning so hopefully that really helped you today um as always we'd love you to write review subscribe and please give the podcast a little follow yeah and if you've got any feedback or topics you'd like us to cover in these friday q a's then drop us a message we're on instagram at made by mamas and we'll be back on tuesday Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.